Welcome to Good People, Cool Things, the podcast featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. I'm your host, Joey Held, and today's guest is Amir Mostafavi, founder of South Block Juice Bar. And Amir has been in the juice game for close to two decades now, obviously learning a lot along the way. And he's going to talk all about what it takes to run a small business, including some of the tips that he has learned along the way, the mission of South Block, the four core values that the company has, and it's all fantastic stuff. Amir is so good about building a community and really getting to know the area that he's in. So lots of good stuff going on there. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can reach out uh, a number of different ways, either via email at joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com or on Facebook or Twitter, both at GPCT Podcast. Love hearing from you, so come on over, give a little shout, say hello. For now, here's the conversation with Amir. Can you give us the scoop, or I guess in this case, it would maybe be more of a press on, uh, on South Block. South Block is, uh, is a... a a juice bar uh, in the DC, Virginia area that I started, officially started South Block in 2011 in Arlington, Virginia. Um, but I've been in the juice business, the juice smoothie, uh, acai bowl business since uh, 2004. So it's been about 16 years that I've been in this in this game, and. Uh, you know, it's been it's been definitely a, a a fun ride and an evolution of multiple different things. And um, you know, I thought I'd seen everything uh, until uh, uh, coronavirus hit us, and <laughs> and, and now. Uh, but you know, it's it's uh, uh, in, in small business, I've learned to expect the unexpected, and um, that's one of the things that's exciting about it as well. So, you know, I kind of look at this as uh, as you know, I, I wake up every day and, and have no expectations and am ready for anything. So uh, that having that mindset kind of helped us uh, through this. So, but um, yeah, I think that's a, a good mindset to have in general, but especially in a, a time like this. And I do want to touch on what South Block is, is uh, doing for um, coronavirus relief and, and during all this, because y'all are doing a lot of great stuff. So can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So um, f- fast forward to today, we have uh, 10 locations uh, in the DMV area. And, um, you know, a big part of who we are is our connection to our community. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I've been in this business uh, uh, since 2004. And a little a little background on, on why I started the business initially was really... Um, uh, for a lot of selfish reasons, I think, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> I, I had a corporate job that I didn't love and, and I couldn't see myself doing it my whole life. And my dad was a small business owner, um, and a professor before that. And, uh, you know, growing up, I thought having a small business was the last thing I wanted to do until I realized, I realized that my dad wasn't so crazy, um, by, by working so much because he was passionate about what he did. So, um, I started realizing, you know, as I got into the into the corporate world, that um, passion was a big deal in your in what you're doing every day. So when I first started my my business, I wanted to start a. Uh, I'd never been in food service before, and I was attracted to the world of juices, smoothies, um, because I loved the product. And uh, I'd been to Southern California a few times, and 
Um, just loved not only the product, but the vibe that I got from going into these places. And we had nothing like that in the DC area. So I thought, well, let's bring that to the DC area and bring a little bit of Southern California vibe and some flavor. Um, and it was really something that brought me happiness and joy. And, um, you know, I quickly, I quickly learned, you know, I, I, I say that my first three years in business was my PhD was my, <laughs> it was where I really learned business. I'd never been in food service before, except for two weeks in a sandwich shop. Um, it, it, at, when I was in college and I quit after two weeks cause my manager was a jerk and, um, <laughs> I, and, and I quit because, you know, like many people in food service, um, you have choices in where you can work. And, and I said, well, I'm not going to spend my time working for this, for this jerk. So the only thing I knew is, uh, if you treat your employees l like a jerk, then they'll quit. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, and, and that lesson has been kind of our number one, uh, uh, rule as managers since day one and it's a simple rule but it's very important and it's one that a lot of people uh, uh don't follow and um so as simple as simple as you know just make people feel awesome treat them treat them with respect and uh you know provide a great place for people to work and and a lot of that is just by not being a jerk to them so i've held on to that rule for, since day one and i and i made a commitment to not let the business or the industry change me or, or to not surround myself with people that 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 have a different approach in, in management um so that 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 one thing that i learned in those two weeks really really helped out along the way um but as time went on um you know like i said in the beginning it was it was really to find a passion and purpose for myself um i started getting bored with that even after the first <laughs> couple of years and I started realizing that this this cannot be just about myself. It has to be about the uh, the people that are around my company, the people that work for my for me, the people that um, come in every day, our guests that come in and buy stuff from us, and the community around us, the other businesses that are around us, um, and our neighbors, and what kind of connection can we have with the, with all of the people around our business. And so I decided early on that our mission was to make people feel awesome. So no matter what we were doing, the goal was to make people feel awesome. So that's translated through our product, through the experience you have when you come in, through the messaging on our t-shirts and our hats. They all try to have a positive message that when you read it, it makes you feel awesome. It says you rock, believe in yourself, um, you know, and, and it's, just, it's just messages that are directed to the person who's who's reading or experiencing uh what we have to offer to to hopefully make them feel feel uh feel better about themselves and uh, accomplish their goal when visiting us to to feel to feel to feel awesome and then whether that's through the food you're eating or through the message you're reading or 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 the experience you're having that's our goal so you know having that uh kind of ingrained in our culture and our values since since the early days um really was our guiding force when the coronavirus hit and uh we saw it as like you know this is business as usual what do we do now to continue to support our employees our customers and our community um to make them feel awesome because it's a tough time for a lot of people so um you know or what are we going to do now and, and the simple answer was we're going to stick to our core values and I think businesses that have a mission and values that they can stick to um, in 
in good times, that's great. But especially in bad times, what are you going to do? What choices are you going to make? And if, and that's why I tell uh, uh, entrepreneurs, it's so important to have a defined mission and core values and to, to really think about it and put something in place that is for your employees and for your guests. For us, we print it on, a, on skateboards and we post it in our stores for everyone to see these are our core values. And, um, um, you know, when, when we, when we uh, 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 were, were hit with these, these obstacles of, um, of, of what do we do for, for regarding the coronavirus, you know, it was, it was just back to our mission of, of making people feel awesome. And, and, and who are we as a company? And let's, and we saw it as an opportunity just to, to, to continue living that out and to show people kind of um, that this is who we really are. So um, I guess more specifically, what, what some of the things we've done uh, in the community is um, uh, we've been, our mission has been to get fruits and vegetables to people in need. Um, so we've been doing a lot of different things to uh, uh, work with food pantries and um, uh, work with uh, uh, county school, school systems to get kids on free and reduced meal programs, fruits and vegetables, uh, uh, you know, just to get families and kids in need, uh, fruits and vegetables. And then we've, we've also been supporting our healthcare workers with getting them juices and fruits and vegetables. And really the mission is to, you know, again, make people feel awesome, provide them with hope and opportunity and to get them healthy fr fruits and vegetables to keep people because now more than ever getting, um, uh, fruits and vegetables, getting, getting, uh, healthy foods into your system is uh, more important than ever to keep your immune system up. So that's really been our um, our mission through through all of this is to give people access to that. That's awesome, and I I think that has been a really interesting thing to see during all of this is that sense of community that's coming out of small businesses <clears throat> and and supporting local, and it's really kind of being a, a two-way street. I don't know uh, what the latest out um, in the D.C. area is, but here in Texas, they, uh, well, Austin is kind of the opposite of what the rest of Texas is doing, but the state can uh, officially open up um, restaurants to about half capacity right now. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of restaurants are kind of like, like, no, we're not going to put the health of everyone at at risk. Uh, and, you know, we'll still offer curbside and delivery and all that. But um, just the the amount of support going both ways, I think, has been really cool to see. Uh, and I think it does yeah, go back yeah. to what you were saying about you have a good mission and you stick to it. People are going to support you, especially when things are, are not at their peak like they are right now. Right. Yeah. And you're, you make a really good point, like the the support has been full circle, you know, from uh, the community and the guests and, and, and the employees that, that work at small businesses and small businesses. I think there's definitely like a, a, a cycle of, um, of support that is, is really awesome to see. And, um, you know, I think that is, that is why that connection with people is so important, no matter what business you're in, uh, no matter who you are, it's that, 
it's it's that connection of people and how, how do you connect with them and you know that was part of the challenge too through this is like now everything is virtual so how how do we connect with how do we get our message out there how do we get our voice out there how do we communicate with our customers what's going on in our business so you know it's definitely a lot more of a uh, virtual experience than in the past where we used to do a lot of like in face um, uh, uh, events where we, we partner with a lot of our fitness uh, uh, community businesses and and we we'd be at events you know the, so those have gone away so you know how do we how do we virtually stay connected with the community um, so you know, I think that's been that's been one of the pivots that everyone's had to make. Um, but I think what we've seen is, you know, you can still have connection with with the community, uh, whether it's in person or virtually. And uh, you know, like you like you mentioned, you've really seen a lot of uh, support all around. Um, that has been aw awesome to see um, because it really it really does show uh, people and businesses true colors when they have to face uh adversity like this so absolutely and some really creative ways too that i've been seeing of, of how people are engaging with their communities i do have to ask since you mentioned that uh y'all's mission is on skateboard decks are you a skater yourself or is it just a good canvas to include stuff on <laughs> yeah so that's uh you know part of my uh what 16 years now of history in the business like I, I would, so I used to skate when I was a kid, you know, I'm uh, 44 now when I got into the business, when I started, uh, what I was 27, somewhere around there. Um, but when I was younger, I used to skate. And so, um, you know, as I was building the business and trying to do things that really just made me feel good, um, I was doing events and, and sampling the product a lot. And I had to have a sign to bring with me and I found this place that did custom skateboards and so I put my logo on one and brought it with me to events and you immediately when you see a logo on a skateboard you know what this place is all about you get a certain vibe you know so so um you know because I think it represents a certain a certain culture and certain attitude um so as we started growing I uh, uh the stores that we opened I would put our logo on a skateboard and 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 we'd uh, screw that uh, onto the counter or on the wall somewhere. And then as as we um, kind of further defined our core values, um, I said, okay, well, now that we have our core values um, like really defined, uh, I want to post this proudly for everyone to see. Not only for our for our our employees and our handbook, but for our customers as well. So I thought, you know, what better way to to post it than on a skateboard because again that kind of just really i think when you see it it, it kind of tell, tells you a little bit about who we are so um our core values by the way in case you're wondering are <laughs> <laughs> so our, our our top core value is believe in yourself so we really like uh we really uh try to remind people that it starts with you and you have to believe in yourself and your own unique abilities uh our second value we have four core values right the second one is spread good vibes. So make meaning, meaningful connections and make people feel awesome. Um, third core value is small acts have big impacts. So we really believe that little things that you do every day um, can end up making a big difference. And that, that's really been, that third one there has really been a big thing for us during 
how we handle this coronavirus. Like it is really like you're seeing like lots of small things that people are doing within their business, within their community uh, is, is really making a big difference. Um, and then the last one is we are, we are one block. So we celebrate what makes us all different, but recognize together we're one community. So you can see like all, all four of those core values, um, you know, they, when, when, when we were asked, what, do, how do we handle uh, the, any challenges we're faced with, we just refer back to our, our uh, core values um, that are printed on our skateboard decks in the store. So um, it's kind of, it's, 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 that's why I, I really think like it, you have to have meaningful core values and it's just when something bad happens, when you challenge, when challenges arise, um, your core values become more meaningful than ever. Um, so that's, that, you know, that, that's all we, we use this to, to, to guide uh, our decisions, every decision that we make. Um, I just think it's so important that as a business, you have uh, those kind of guiding principles. Yeah, that's fantastic all around. I don't know why but i just randomly got the urge to play tony hawk's pro skater last night and so when i when i saw when i was you know checking out the the site and everything and seeing those skateboards i was like it seems it seems uh apropos right now so yeah yeah now they they're re-releasing uh pro skater one and two in the fall so uh it might be making some somewhat of a comeback there i don't know yeah it was i i cannot remember the last time i played it but it, it was just like old times like i was definitely a little uh, rustier on some of the landings but um you know still uh, well, still had all the controls than, memorized yeah it was great it's e easier than real life uh you know oh for sure trying to skate. <laughs> yeah that game ruined yeah. uh, my appreciation for actual skateboard tricks i think because it's just like oh th this person's only doing like a 360 off a of rail that's too right. easy too easy it's like no that's actually very difficult <laughs> right Good deal. Okay, so we're gonna go a little bit back uh, to your uh -huh. to your initial back to two thousand four. It's like the last dance. We're just jumping uh, between years here. If you if right. you were watching that doc, <laughs> yeah. uh, and oh, of course, yeah. Back uh, when your your first opening up, I uh, first of all, did your dad offer any uh, any kind of wisdom or guidance as you were getting going, or was he like, nope, you're learning this all on your own? <laughs> Oh, so my when I first opened in two thousand four, my dad was actually my partner. Oh, nice. <laughs> so he was he was in the uh, the video rental business for twenty years. Uh, we owned local video stores, um, and of course, you know that business went went away as as kind of Netflix took over. But you know, a good a good part of my childhood and uh, high school years were spent working uh in the video store and even during college during breaks i'd come back and work in the video store and so i saw uh you know i saw I, I, a lot of the inspiration i drew from my dad i don't think I, I i i realized it at the time but then looking back you see kind of where you draw inspiration and um you know i think about his story he came he came to to this country at 19 years old from iran not knowing any english and uh taught himself English um, really through watching like Western movies and uh, eventually would get his PhD and become a professor in business and marketing 
and then start his own businesses and and was in the video rental business for 20 years. So, um, you know, there was a period of time after he had gotten married to my mom, they met in uh, in Chicago uh, during during their time in university. And um, uh, they got married, had three kids um, and uh, moved back to Iran. Uh, well, moved to Iran, had three kids, and came back to this country on a uh, paid paid uh, stipend uh, for for him to get his uh, PhD at, at Kent State University, and uh, he was getting paid through the university he was working at in Iran, Kerman University. Um, they were covering his cost of living and his cost for schooling to get his PhD. Uh, this was in the late 70s, and uh, the Revolution War started, uh, broke out in Iran, and so all of his funding was was pulled. So here he is in the United States with three kids, well, actually four kids now, um, and uh, uh, and all of his all of his funding and and education. Uh, uh, expenses that were being covered were now pulled from him. So we, there was a short period of time in my childhood where we grew up on food stamps and thrift clothes and just did whatever we could to, 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 to keep things going. So, um, you know, I saw him go from, from, uh, uh, you know, from, from having, uh, you know, a, 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 a modest living to losing everything to fighting his way back up to still getting his PhD, paying for it, you know, himself getting his PhD and then start becoming a professor and, and starting his own business. So through that experience of, of kind of living that, um, my childhood and, and seeing my dad like go from, from nothing to, to um, PhD and having his own businesses, uh, it kind of really taught me that, um, that you know, if you if you stick if you stick with it, and you put your mind to something, you can you can make it happen. It doesn't matter what kind of challenges you're faced with, um, just don't give up. And there's there's always a solution and always a way. So I think that's ingrained in me to kind of uh, I have this uh, I don't know you might call it stubbornness to not give up no matter what. And I think that's what's <laughs> helped me what's helped me build the business and get through tough times. And uh, so, yeah, in the beginning, um, uh, my dad didn't have his video stores anymore and uh, I wanted to start this juice bar. So he didn't, he didn't have anything to do with the operations, but um, uh, I, I kind of ran the whole thing. And um, uh, then after uh, three, three years, I had the opportunity to relocate the first juice bar we had, which was off campus at G GW University, to move it on campus at GW University. And it was at that point that we made the decision to, the first location we had was really challenging. And it was only like lunch business Monday through Friday, but our rent was high and we had too big of a location. So it was a big learning experience as well. So I learned a lot from, from that experience. And then after I had the opportunity to relocate on campus, um, that's when uh, I kind of went on my own and my dad was, was kind of uh, semi-retired. He's, my dad's never, 
you know, he, he's, he now has a restaurant. He has a, a, a Persian restaurant called uh, Rose Kebab. And so he's, uh, you know, in his mid seventies and still working every day. And he's, uh, you know, I don't think retirement is like a, in his vocabulary. So he's still working, but um, I went on my own um, after we relocated the, the uh, juice bar on campus at GW. And that was um, when things really turned for me where I took a concept that we had started three years before and really kind of learned a lot of the ins and outs. And that's when I kind of reinvented the concept at GW. Um, it was called Campus Fresh at the time. It's in the gym on campus at GW University. It's still there, uh, you know, 14 years later. And now it's South Block, of course. But um, when I started, it, when I relocated and moved there in 2006, it was called Campus Fresh. And um, that was really um, when I started really learning about impact on community, because we started doing a lot of things with student organizations and, and the student body to really be involved on campus and, and in student life and activity, where I started seeing like, hey, connection with people and, and community really is what makes businesses special and uh, really where you can have uh, a big impact. Um, so when I opened my first location, my, my, when I, when I uh, evolved the business and, and opened South Block, the, the brand South Block that, that exists today in 2011, um, I, I kind of just uh, used all of that to uh, uh, create that connection with the community in, in Arlington. Um, uh, and, and, and really reach out to other businesses and, and, uh, people in the community. And it, you know, it wasn't an overnight success. And I think that's an important thing too, for a lot of businesses to understand is like, um, you gotta be believe in what you're doing, believe in your product, believe in your mission and your values, and then realize that, uh, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna necessarily, uh, connect with, with the people overnight you got to work at it and stick with it and stick with what you truly believe. And then you'll start seeing things shift. And it, for us, it took a good year, um, really going into that second year, 2012, 13, where we started seeing a real shift. And, uh, you know, so it takes some time to introduce who you are and who your pro what your product is and what your values of your company are and who, what you're really about and make that, you can't, it's not easy. You can't make a connection. You got to build trust with, with your, uh, with your community and, um, building trust doesn't happen overnight. And I think that, that, uh, uh, is, is why it's so hard to have what people call overnight success because, uh, success, I think really is a direct correlation to the, the trust, uh, that you have with the people around your, your business. And it takes a little while to build that trust. I think a lot of times too with the overnight success stories is there's still there's still a lot going into that up until that point. Like it's very unlikely unless maybe you're winning the lottery or uh, a new car on the Price is Right that you're going from like, hey, I put almost no effort into this, and then now I now I yeah. have a lot. Like it's it's right definitely yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, a lot goes on behind the scenes too, and I think that segues nicely into uh, my question, my next question that you've been doing this for coming up on two decades now and 
you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but what's something surprising about running a business that you did not expect? Hmm. Um, I mean, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not surprised really by, by anything. Um, I've been, I've been the kind of uh, business um, operator that has kind of had that mindset of like, no matter what's thrown at us, we're going to figure it, we're going to figure it out somehow. We're very much solution minded. And, um, you know, I think, I think, um, you know, you can ask my, my team, you know, now we have, a you know, 150 people that work for the company and I have a support team around me of seven people. And anytime there's a challenge, you know, I probably annoy them with, okay, why did that happen? You know, whenever there's a problem, it's like, let's not just put a bandaid on it. Let's figure out why that happened and figure out if there's a better way and a solution that can prevent that problem from happening in the future. So, um, you know, I think uh, ingraining that mindset in, 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 myself and the people around us has really helped us face face challenges along the way and i think this coronavirus is just like a extreme example of like expect the unexpected in in business and in life but you know it also i think is a um uh an example of that with no matter what life or business throws at you there's opportunities and you know, it's funny, I made a speech at our holiday party um, this last year, and the theme of the speech was hope and opportunity. And a lot of that, again, I draw from my dad, and I give this example of uh, even if you have nothing and uh, and you, th- you think you're down, down and out on your luck and you have bad luck and whatever it is, there, you don't have any money. Like, you don't need money to have hope. You don't need money to have opportunities. And sometimes you just have to look through the weeds to see the, that hope and opportunity. So, you know, our mission at Southlock is to, is to provide hope and opportunity to people. And um, I think one thing people need to realize, though, is like just having hope and given opportunities alone is, isn't enough. Once you have those opportunities and you see what those opportunities are, it's up to you to make something of it. Um, it's up to you to put in the work um, to make something of your opportunities, but there's plenty of opportunities out there and, and there's always hope. So, you know, as we've been approaching our, our challenges with the coronavirus, we're, we're saying, okay, what are our opportunities here? And, uh, you know, we just started, um, uh, we started experimenting with home, home uh, smoothie kits, smoothie bowl kits. Uh, with uh, with our acai bowls, so um, uh, we started making a six pack of acai smoothie kits that were that you can order online and and we deliver uh, contact delivery to your homes. And now we're experimenting with shipping these nationwide, which we we plan to test in June in, in a small capacity. We're going to start shipping uh, acai bowl kits uh, uh, overnight on dry ice across the country. Um, so this is this is an opportunity that we're really excited about because we never even thought about doing this before. But since we were faced with challenges from the coronavirus, um, we, we started we, it forced us to start thinking of solutions. And I think out of out of out of uh, problems, out of out of crises, there are born opportunities. 
you just got to you just got to be willing to look for those opportunities and then and then pursue them so you know we feel like hey you know as as much as this has been challenging and as hard as it's been for us and so many people uh we're trying to look at like okay what are some of the good things that can come out of this what are some of the lessons and what are some of the opportunities and what hope do we have for the future and you know i really think that that as 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 we evolve you know maybe we're going to have a, a new business uh out of out of uh home home acai kits that didn't exist before you know i think it's also like been a great opportunity for people to um reconnect with themselves and their family and their community and like and figure out what's really important in life and in business so you know i think um it's it's all about perspective and attitude you know um sometimes you got to go through some challenges and some difficult times to get stronger and to come out on the other side uh better than you were before so that's really where our focus is you know um how do we turn this this crisis and turn it around into something positive and and to something meaningful and and to something that can provide more hope and opportunities for uh south block and the people around south block as as we continue to move forward awesome that's yeah that's such a good message of that you you do always have hope and i obviously we are going through uh not to quote every tv commercial but hard times right. these these unprecedented right. times um and it's just it it is good to have something to hold on to like that and that'll help guide everyone through um yeah i think that's the, those are the two things that you can always hold on to is hope and opportunity and as long as you hold on to that you're going to be fine absolutely and we're going to take a little bit of a turn here i Okay. Ardent listeners, uh, ardent's not the right word, just regular listeners of this podcast know uh, uh, that I always like to wrap up with a top three. And I know uh, prior to starting, uh, to getting in the juice business, you worked as a graphic designer. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Yep. So let's... It, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, and, and, and uh, one thing I didn't expect was how valuable being a graphic designer would be in, uh, in, in business. And, uh, you know, it's been fun. Like that, that was one of the things um, that I've used business for is really a creative outlet. And uh, uh, that was one of the frustrating things that, about being a graphic designer in the corporate world is, is I, I, didn't, I wasn't uh, fulfilling my need for creative outlet. And having your own business, there's so many opportunities to, for creative outlet, not only in like design and marketing, but also in product development and you know, just, I think just, just having fun with it, you know, and doing things that, that, that you like and hope and my thing, even with recipes, like I came up with every recipe that we offer all the smoothies, acai bowls, juices. Um, and I had no experience in, in, in culinary world, but I felt like I knew what I liked and I, and I just thought if I like it, I hope other people <laughs> like it. And luckily, lucky enough, luckily enough they did. And I had this like weird ability to come up with flavors and recipes in my mind that I would go into the kitchen the next day and put in a blender and, and it would work. Um, so I didn't even know I had that ability to, to do that until I got into the juice business. And, um, you know, acai bowls have been a thing for me for, we were a lot of people don't know this, but we were the first company on the East Coast to import acai, um, and that was because 
the year the year I opened my my first juice bar, the following year a, a guy came into my juice bar from San Diego. He was this surfer dude that he just came in and he said, "Hey, can I make you something? Uh, this is gonna blow your mind." I said, "All right." So he jumped behind the counter, made me an acai bowl. I'd never heard of it before. I didn't even know what acai was, but I tasted it. It was it was like life changing for me. <laughs> I said. This is the greatest thing I've ever had in my life. What the heck is this stuff and how do I get it? So because I loved it so much, I started importing acai and put it on my menu. We had one bowl on the menu and nobody cared, you know? <laughs> but, but, but I loved it. It was like my favorite food. And for 15 years, I have not lost interest in it. And I just stuck with it and I kept telling people about it. And then a uh, few years back, I made the decision to make half of my menu acai bowls and came up with all these recipes. And now it's more than half of our, our our sales. And it's like kind of what we're known for. But, you know, it started because it started with because I, I, I personally loved it and wanted to share it with people. And, um, you know, uh, 15 years later, we're looking at starting a nationwide uh, acai bowl kit shipping business so you, know, you never know like just you got to be in whatever business you're in it's got to be something that that you personally love um is i think it's hard to fake uh passion but anyway you can see sometimes i go off on on different uh <laughs> stories but yes i was a graphic designer and i still am i still consider myself a graphic designer awesome awesome yeah that i was i was wondering what kind of uh affect your your background in graphic design had uh, in business and it sounds like quite a significant one so i think that'll be very nice then for our top three of uh yep. your favorite this this is going to be like a real broad scope thing but your top three favorite works of art so it could either be something that you've personally done or something you've seen where you were like that was fantastic anything like that hmm, okay wow that's hard uh so um <clears throat> You know, one of the things I've done um, as I've built the business is really try to incorporate art in, into our business. And like I said, a lot of that is because it's something I'm passionate about. It's something I love. And one of the cool things I've seen over the years as we've been uh, growing the business is, um, a, I don't know how it is where, where you are in Texas, but here you see a lot of local artists and, and murals popping up oh, for sure. yeah. um, around the city. Yeah. So, um, you know, that wasn't something that you really saw when I first started in 2004, 2005, but over the last few years, you know, you started seeing this real push for local artists and local art on walls. And I thought that was just really awesome. So um, as I was building my uh, opening new stores, um, or the first store I did, we put up wallpaper, this really colorful, awesome wallpaper. It was cool, but it also wasn't original. So um, I started uh, making connections with some local artists in the area. And the next store we opened, I, I commissioned two of the artists to paint a mural for us. Because I thought, hey, when you're opening a store, you have all these walls that are canvases. And why not have a local artist paint the wall for you? So um, I, I, I met uh, two local artists, um, uh, Maz Paz, uh, he's on Instagram, uh, 
M-A-S-P-A-Z, Maz Paz, more peace, and, uh, and Miss Shay Love. Um, and they collaborate together and they, they did, they've done uh, a mural in each one of my stores since then. So, um, and I just, like when, it, when you walk into to, to one, of the, one of our South Block locations, you'll see uh, artwork by them. And each store, each store's mural is a little bit different, and um, depending on on what we think the theme for that community should be. So, uh, I don't know. I would say I would say if I had to pick, uh, like the, the work that that Maz Paz and Shay Love does do, and, the, and especially like I, I, you know, I love the 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 art they're doing in my stores. Like when I walk into the store. I love it because it immediately makes you feel awesome. Like you have this original piece of art right there. So um, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I would say <laughs> one of them, one of, one of the, one of them is the local is the local art uh, that you see on, on these murals. And, and for me in particular, the style of these murals that uh, we're putting in on the walls in South block that uh, Shay Love and, and Maz Paz have been doing for us. Um, really inspire me and i hope it inspires other people who walk into the stores as well um let's see also um uh i would say it, it, for me andy warhol um uh really it really it inspires me because i think his pop art and his uh kind of like graphic design background with with pop art like sh really showing how marketing and art can coexist right mm -hmm. and so i try to put that creativeness in everything that we do like if we're gonna if we're gonna come up with a new design for an acai bowl or a store or or whatever like you know i i started getting excited about instagram in the early days because it was a visual thing a creative thing like something you could actually see and 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 have creativeness behind so um i think andy warhol uh for me has been an inspiration because because of how how you can how it kind of he kind of shows that you can marry pop culture and art with business with marketing and um you know i've always like, I've, like i said i've always tried to incorporate um my, my love for art and the arts with with our business um so let's see that's kind of two, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see the third one. Um, you know, something that I, I thought uh, was really cool in the world of art was um, uh, Winwood Walls down in Miami. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but uh, it, it's it's a an area down in Miami that. Um, kind of uh is a is a showcase of different local artists that they kind of get a get a piece of a wall or a wall where they uh create a piece of art and um i was uh anytime i travel to a different city uh <laughs> i drag my my family to different juice bars <laughs> <laughs> and uh there was when we were in miami um we actually had went on a cruise and then our flight got delayed and we had a few hours. I said, I really want to go to Winwood Walls and check out the art down there. But not only that, there's a juice bar there that 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 I had admired and, and followed on uh, on Instagram. 
uh, called Hugo Fresh, who they're not in business anymore, unfortunately. But, um, you know, I thought that was a really cool experience for me because like kind of in this oasis of Windwood Walls and all this local art was this cool creative juice bar. So again, I just think, I just think there's so much room for creativeness and art in the world of business that I think really you know, allows you to give people certain experience, uh, but um, also can immediately like give people a, a, a sense of, of, of what you're about and your culture. Uh, like who you are as a company. So, you know, I really try to use art to kind of express the culture of our company and who we are. That's awesome. I, I like the Windwood Walls as well. I went to school in Miami, so I, I am familiar with oh, it. Oh, so you yeah. see, okay, cool. I wasn't sure if you knew what I was talking about. Okay. Yeah, there's a there yeah. uh, was a, a park in Austin that was um, similar, that still exists, but it used to be closer to where I am, and now it's kind of, it got moved out uh, out on the outskirts of town. But similar sort of thing of just like, you know, a big old wall uh, where artists can come and kind of each get a little section of it. Um, although I... I would argue that Winwood seems a little more, I don't know if planned is the right word, but like people seem a little more deliberate with what uh, they're creating on there. Whereas the Austin one, there's certainly some great art on there, but it's also people who are just like, I'm just going to like spray some squiggly lines up here and call it a day, uh, which is, is great in its own right too. Um, but maybe uh, a little less aesthetically pleasing <laughs> sometimes, but, yeah. but Hey, yeah. I mean, it's well, a, it's, it's a great cool. experience like for sure. Yeah. Yeah, having like just a creative outlet, yes. I think, uh, is important. Absolutely. Well, Amir, you're almost off the hook here. Um, but if people right. want right. to learn more about you or about South Block, where can they go? Uh, cool. Yeah. So, um, our like I said, our Instagram uh, is is at South Block. Um, S O U T H B L O C K. Um, you can find us online, SouthBlockJuice.com. Um, I have an Instagram, but I don't do a whole a whole bunch with it. But if you, every once in a while, I might I might post post something with uh, some behind the scenes business stuff, and that's at Amir Most A M I R M O S T. Um, you know, I really do try to. Uh, it's it's weird because in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm a new I'm a new um, business and a new entrepreneur, and and um, I'm still learning. And I think it's important, no matter how long you've been in business, that you're 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 still learning, and you're still you you don't have this mindset that you know everything. But I think it's also important that you share things, that, experiences you have, and things that you've learned and and picked up along the way, so that we can all kind of like figure figure things out together and pull inspiration from each other. So I really try to like share things that I've learned, and maybe it'll help someone, maybe it won't, but. Um, you know, I think it's important for us to, you know, in, in the business, business world can be sometimes um, when you have your own small business, sometimes it can be, uh, you can feel isolated. And, you know, that was one big change for me is going from a corporate world, where you have all these coworkers to like being on your own and not having uh, coworkers to bounce ideas off of. And so, you know, that's been really fun for me as we've grown is having a support team around me of people that we share similar um, values and, and, and aspirations and that we can like now talk and, and bounce ideas off of each other. So I think it's important for, for entrepreneurs to kind of, you know, sh share ideas with each other and, and realize that 
they were better, were better together. And, you know, I think, um, I think it's important to have, to always have that uh, mindset of, of like, like I, I'm still learning and, and, and my, like, I think one of the things that's kept South Block fresh for all this time is, you know, I love the idea of having a business that's been around in, in that's been around in some fashion, South Block in particular, since 2011, uh, you know, nine years, but for many people, uh, they're just learning about our company and they've never heard of it before. And they're just discovering us. I think the longer you can, you, that we can, we can, um, we can achieve that, the better. Like, I love that people are still discovering us and think that we just started and that we're a new business. I mean, I think the longer you can keep that sense of like startup mentality of that excitement, you know, I've, I've brought a lot of people to my company and we've, we've had this approach of like slow and steady growth because, um, and it's been intentional, slow, steady community growth. Um, because we we think that what makes us special is is our quality of product, um, our culture, and our connection with the community. And if we lose that, then that's we're gonna we could potentially lose what makes us special. And I think you've seen some businesses, and you know I caution businesses as they're growing, don't just raise money because you can. Don't just open stores because you can. Uh, you got to think about the decisions you're making, and is it going to affect what makes you special as a as a business as a place to work as a place for customers to visit and so you know i've had a lot of people who've come to work for for me at south block from other brands who have had it's the same story of like it used to be a great place to work but then they started growing and then the culture started dying and then the product started getting worse and then they went out of business you know or whatever the case is and so I've learned from those lessons that I've seen and heard from people around me and said, okay, our goal is how do we make this? Like I, I, when I hire you, I want you in, I don't want you in five years to be talking to someone else saying, Hey, South Block used to be a great place, but now it's not so much, you know, I want to create this. It's kind of a, you know, this, this awesome experience experiment of like, how long can we still be this exciting young company, you know, even 20 years from now, I'd still love to be an exciting young company that's new to a lot of people that's fresh, you know? So it makes it exciting for me as a, as a business owner to like have, have a, have a fresh company. Um, but I think it keeps, it keeps it exciting for the people who work for the company and the people who visit your company or part of the experience. So the longer you can maintain that, I think uh, the more exciting and the better it is for your business. Boom. Well, Amir, you have certainly made me, feel awesome. And I imagine a lot of our listeners as well. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. And, uh, you know, stay safe out there. And, um, you know, just like, I, just like I said, just remember, remember, there's always hope and opportunity out there. So uh, you just got to look, look forward to that. And always a corny joke at the end of every Good People, Cool Things episode. And uh, hopefully this one's a little topical since it's it's juice themed. But um, okay, why did the sick vampire refuse his orange juice? Why? Because he prefers nectarines. Get after it today, people. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, thank you.